0: Well, today is the day after Christmas, and uh, it's Christmas uh, all week long for us. I mean, we celebrate, uh, our family has always celebrated for a long time. I and mean, kids, we don't open presents every day because it's, it's really not about the gifts that we give to one another. It's really about the gift that he gave to us. And I love the gift he gave to us, and for that reason, you know, the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago in prayer, Joy to the World, and I just began to think about that, and I started writing some things down, and I thought of that great hymn, Joy to the World. What a beautiful, beautiful hymn. It's one of the favorite hymns of all time, and and, uh, as Christmas has come and gone, it came in like lightning, and left like lightning again, but Christmas has come and gone until next December 25th, that we still are in the season of celebration for the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and really in the immortal words, I always you hear this every year uh, on the radio, and you hear it, you know, and all the, uh, the places that are playing Christmas music, the immortal words of the old Beach Boys Christmas song, and I think man they must have been really smart who wrote this Christmas comes this time each year. You know what a, what profound words, right? Christmas comes each time this year. Boy, that's deep. You know that? Uh, in the words of the Holy Spirit inspired words penned by Isaac Watts, I believe, uh, and uh, he wrote a poem, he's one of the greatest hymn writers of all time. We sing joy to the world. And can I just tell you that I say joy to the world. Do you say joy to the world? Not just in song, but in fact, joy to the world on December the 24th, 25th, and joy to the world on December the 26th, and joy to the world for the next 364 days. We sing joy to the world. The Lord of Christmas is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is still Emmanuel, and he is here today. He's here tomorrow, and he's here every day, not just throughout the year, but throughout eternity. He is our comfort. He is our God who is with us. We never walk alone. Dr. Greg Forster serves as the director of the Oikamonia Network at the Center for Transformational Churches at Trinity International University, and he writes uh, a little information about Joy to the World in which he says that this was really an accidental classic, Christmas classic. Actually, Joy to the World was not originally written as a Christmas carol by Isaac Watts. It's original in its original form. It had really nothing to do with Christmas. It wasn't even written to be a song. Isaac Watts, as I said, one of the great hymn writers in the church history, Uh, and I guess nothing shows that better than the fact that he wrote one of the most famous hymns by accident. In 1719, Watts published a book of poems in which each poem was based on a psalm. But rather than just translate the original Old Testament text, he adjusted them to refer more explicitly to the work of Jesus as it had been revealed in the New Testament. One of those poems was an adaption from Psalms 98. Now, I'm not going to put the whole psalm up here. You should go back and read it. It's an incredible psalm, one of my favorites. But uh, uh, verse number 4 says this, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into song, rejoice, and sing praises. And incredibly, Watts interpreted this psalm as a celebration of Jesus' role as the king of of both the church and the whole world. More than a century later, hundred years later, after he wrote his book of poems, and wrote this one in particular, the second half of this poem was slightly adapted to set to me and set to music to give us what has become one of the most famous of all Christmas carols, joy to the world. So I'm going to take a closer look at some of the lines in this great old Christmas carol, very much a favorite across the world. So looking at a few of the lyrics from this wonderful hymn, um, uh, uh, and here's how we can think of the joy of the Lord and how it flows out of our hearts to the entire world. You know, Paul said that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And I think we do that in our presence with God and his presence in us when we're around other people. We do that uh, as we sing and as we worship. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that it is even transferred and translated even through uh, the media uh, airwaves. The joy of the Lord. Because I sense that the folks watching online, as they have told me, is that they feel the strong anointing of the presence of God. Uh, from watching online as well. It's not the same as being here, but it's the presence of God is nonetheless very strong and very powerful. He is omnipresent. Okay, somebody say amen. So in looking at this, little, this hymn, uh, Joy to the World, how it starts. And you say, uh, why, Isaac Watts, why, whoever uh, wrote this and adapted it as a Christmas hymn, a Christmas carol, why, Joy to the World? When we look at the world, the world is filled with sorrow. The world is filled with sadness. The world is filled with difficulties. And the world is filled with wars and rumors of war. The world is filled with sickness and disease. The world is filled with uh, nations rising against nation and threatening war. Why? Joy to the world because, why? Because the Lord is come. The Prince of Peace has come And he was born as a babe in Bethlehem, according to the scriptures that foretold his birth. And this is joyful news for everyone. In the day that he was born, things were difficult. The geopolitical spectrum and outlook was bad. The economy was bad. They were being taxed to death by the Romans. They were being oppressed. And yet, joy to the world. The Lord is come. And the word goes on to say, let every heart prepare him room. We all know the Christmas stories that when he went, uh, Joseph and Mary, and went, and she went into labor and went to uh, Bethlehem and could find no place, no guest rooms for them to be found. It was filled up, and they were sent away, and the only place left open to them was a, was a stable, and uh, not a very fitting place for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be born, was it? Not a very proper place for royalty to be given birth in uh, a place like that. He should have been born in a palace uh, filled with wealth and riches and gold, and yet God chose the King of kings, the Lord of lords, His one and only Son, allowed Him to be born in an obscure place, born as a peasant, even a lower than a peasant, in a stable. The Holy Spirit miraculously transforms us in our relationship with Jesus, giving us the joy of the Lord, giving us the joy of the Lord, giving us the joy in the midst of even difficult situations in our world and in the places that we find ourselves in, even in our homes, the difficult place. Joy to the world, joy to the world! And so, uh, as we worship the Lord, and as we, uh, during this Christmas holiday season, we remember that as the Holy Spirit transforms us in our relationship with Jesus, when we turn our life over to Him, that brings great joy on the inside of us, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what our difficulties are. And I realize this, that not uh, everyone looks forward to Christmas because they think, oh, uh, well, it's one or two things. Uh, like us, uh, and, and I suspect most of you, if not all, is like, we get to spend Christmas with our family. And others say, oh, we have to spend Christmas with our family. You know, there's difficult. You know, it's a different perspective. It's a different thing. You know, I came from a very dysfunctional family, and yet every year at Christmas, especially after I was born again at the age of 14, I looked forward to spending Christmas. It was a day of joy, Looking forward to it was a thrill. And it wasn't just to get gifts. It was, it was giving gifts as well. I love to give after I got saved. And he and brought me such great joy. And, and I heard that him for the first time, Joy to the World. It thrilled my heart. And I thought, yes, I have joy. Joy like a fountain. Joy that floods up my soul even when things are sad, even when things are bad. Even when my dad's on a rampage, the joy of the Lord is still there to sustain me and give me strength. When we open up our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ to come in by our invitation through repenting of our sins and turning to him for salvation, the Holy Spirit miraculously transforms us through our relationship with Jesus, and He gives us the joy of the Lord in our mind and our heart and our life. I remember as a 14-year-old riding on the Youth for Christ uh, bus. It was a made-over school bus for Youth for Christ clubs, and we'd leave from Liberty, Missouri, and go probably 40 minutes, 45 minutes to the other side, Kansas City, Kansas, from the north side to the south side, and go to the Youth for Christ uh, auditorium. And I, I remember after I got saved, just riding the bus, I was kind of a loner, didn't know a lot of people, but I sat over there and I was just full of joy and peace. And uh, one of the um, sponsors, uh, adults, uh, came over to me and said, hey, you just, you look so happy. And asked me what my name was and I, I said, I am happy. You know, I, I have the peace of God. It's like one of the songs we sang at Youth of Cross, I have peace like a river. So I have peace like a river. I was very shy, you know, so it's hard for me to say that, but I couldn't help expressing how I felt because Jesus came into my life and he took my sadness and my sorrow. He took the bad things and he gave me something in place of it, something so good and so powerful. He gave me the joy of the Lord. And I hadn't had joy before. And joy was, was nice. It was good. Can I tell you, joy is good. If, you, if you're out of joy, get some joy. And I'll tell you how to get that in just a few moments here. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been made right with, in God's sight by faith, we have, what does that say, peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's what I was talking about. You know, fourteen years old, got saved and peace came into my life. The turmoil had ceased. It came to an end. It was it circumstances around me in reality hadn't changed, but I changed on the inside. How did that happen? It's because I got right with God. I was made right in God's sight by my faith in Jesus and the peace of God that passes all understanding, the peace that he gives, not as the world gives, but the peace that he gives that transcends all things that cause us to be upset He came into my life and gave me that peace. It's what Christ the Lord has done for me. He did it for you if you trusted Christ. Verse number 2 of Romans 5 says this, Because of our faith, as a result of our faith, one might say, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Another translation is undeserved favor. I don't know about you, but I like having favor. Do you like having favor? I like having favor. I like having favor when I, uh, as a pastor, I always pray, God, give me favor with the leaders of the church. Give me favor with the congregation. Give me favor with people who don't know Christ. You know, let them see something in me. Give me favor with them so that I can speak a word of the Lord to them. See, we all should be praying that prayer, that God, give me your favor. You know, your favor that shines on us. That, uh, that releases a, a glow of the Holy Spirit's happiness and joy on your countenance and in your eyes, that reflects the light of Christ to those on the outside who are lacking light, they're lacking hope, and they're lacking joy. So they may see something, as the Word of God says, in you and seek the hope that you have, And the scripture tells us, be ready to give them an answer. Amen. I know know a lot of people are still out because of Christmas, but do you agree with that? That's the word of God. And Paul says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. This is probably one of my, and I have a lot of favorites, as you know, Bible verses in the in the in the in the whole Bible, is because I have been brought to this place of undeserved privilege and favor. Where I now stand, you stand if you trust Christ, and we confidently and look at that joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I look forward. You know I'm not getting any younger. Are you? Uh, closer the clo- the older I get, uh, the more of my friends um, have gone on to be. In fact, next Sunday we're going to have a memorial communion where we're going to honor all of those who have passed from this life into heaven uh, in this past year. There were eight people from our church who have gone on to heaven. That's more than the 20 years I've been here. And while there's great sadness and grief, there's also great joy. Because I know where they're at. They're experiencing greater joy than they have ever experienced or were able to possibly experience In this life, joy that is, as Paul said, unspeakable and full of glory the joy that we can't even imagine the joy of being in the very presence of our lord and savior jesus christ and to be with all those loved ones who've gone on before us i you know i'm going to go to heaven one day i'm not in any hurry but you know uh, i kind of i love my life i love my my family i love being a pastor so you know i pray that god has greater plans for me for the future but you know when he calls me home i'm not going to be wanting to come back there's no round trip ticket thank god for that huh No round-trip ticket. And I'd say glory to God and give Him praise for all of it. Amen? So is there one thing, if there is one thing that is lacking in our world today, and and I say yes, also in our nation, which was founded on the precepts and principles, the foundation of the Word of God, uh, is a lack of joy. And it's a lack of peace and contentment, a lack of purpose, really, People of all ages have tried to fill what God created us to be in our mother's wombs, to have a, it's like what is described as a God sized hole in our heart that will never be complete. Are you listening? You'll never be complete until that hole is filled with what God intended it to be filled with, and that is His presence. It is the earnest, the down payment, his Holy Spirit that is given to us to seal us unto the day of redemption of body, soul, and spirit. His presence that is in us, the hope of glory. And we're never going to be happy, we're never going to be fulfilled until that hole is filled by receiving Christ in our Savior and into our heart. But many people, as I did before I got saved, were filling that with partying by taking mind-altering drugs that supposedly bring happiness and everything by alcohol. I mean, I did the alcohol thing, almost went on drugs when I was backslidden uh, in my teens. And uh, and I'll tell you, I thank God for my sister who was out at the party with me, out in, in a pasture on the side of the road and uh, out in the country. And and uh, some guy tried to tell me to come back to his house and he had drugs and everything. He was going to, you know, make you feel real good. I was high on alcohol. And my, I said, okay. And my sister came over to me and whispered to me, if you go with him, I'm going to tell mom. Now, I wasn't really afraid of my mom, but I was afraid of my mom. A little bit. (laughs) And I know, okay, I won't go. I said, I can't go, Uh, Irving, I can't go. And he said, oh, okay. But, see, you know, some people, through immorality, they try to fill that hole, that emptiness that they have. Uh, with pleasure, with sexual pleasure, and, and oftentimes with perversion, because sin, as according to the Word of God, waxes worse and worse. That it doesn't stay the same, but it just gets worse and worse. It's not just having sexual relations outside of marriage, which has which uh, happened because of fallen uh, natures, but it's also experimentation with all kinds of perversion. And if there's anything this generation uh, is, is doing, it's experimentation. There's so many people who are trying out different aspects of sexuality, immoral sexuality. Immoral because it violates God's laws. God has a plan for us. It's for good and not for evil. And, and, and you know, he created sex to be good within the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. And it's like the devil just whispers in, hey, you know, God keeping something back from you. Just like he did in the Garden of Eden. Telling Eve, you know, he's, God is just, he doesn't want to share with you. He's stingy. He doesn't want you to be like him, so he told you you can't eat this fruit. Well, there's some forbidden fruit in the area of sexuality. And God says don't do it because he knows that once you do it, it's, gonna, it's going to just, it'll change you forever. Now, you can be delivered from it, and you can be saved from it, and you can be forgiven for it if you repent, but that'll always be there. It's like a pollution or a poison in you that never really, totally leaves your system. And God wants to protect you from it. And young people are biting the baited hook that somehow this must be fun somehow. You know, and you know what causes it? is there is no Christian biblical worldview that is taught any longer. in our public schools, and our universities. And, and many of our churches just blow with the wind. And that's a very sad thing. It's a dangerous thing. And so where is it going to end? It's going to end by bringing in the judgment of God. And uh, God wants us not to be judged. That's why he sent Christ into the world to save the world, not to judge the world. And so, but that God-sized hole is there. And it causes people who don't know Christ and they don't know his ways to fall into that trap of trying to fill that with illicit sexual perversion. And also materialism. We live in the most materialistic age in, the, in history. We live, average Americans live like kings. We are wealthy. I mean, we're loaded. And I'll tell you what. You know, we should praise God for that, but we, to whom much is given, much is also required. If you don't learn to give and to share and to be generous, you're going to grow to be stingy and tight, and it's everything contrary to the nature of God. And God wants us to loosen up. If, if you don't learn to let go, open your hands, when God says, open your hands and let me, let me share this with others, you share it with others, but you open your hands. If you don't learn how to do that, what you own will own you. It'll own you. And that's a burden that you don't want to have. But there's also every other kind of sin. You know, it's not all-inclusive, but that robs us of the joy that God wants us to have. Amen? And yet, uh, you know, we find, we, don't, we try all those things, but we don't find happiness. When I was back, I wasn't happy doing what I knew was wrong. I wasn't full of joy. I was full of sorrow and grief. You know, I seemed like I was happy on the night I was parting, but boy, then you had to wake up the next day and you had to go look in the mirror and see the face in the mirror and know that you're not, you're a fake, you're a phony, you're a hypocrite. You hate what you're doing. You're just doing it to be accepted. I wanted to go back to be with the Lord, but I didn't think God wanted me back. That was a lie from the devil. There was no happiness and there was no joy. Christ I was born in Bethlehem. He was born to save us from our sins uh, when we repent of our sins and are forgiven. And when we do that, joy comes in an incredible springing up of an internal fountain that fills our heart with joy. It bubbles up, listen, the joy both in good times and in bad times. It's not regulated or turned off or off based on circumstances, a joy that is not dependent upon those things, whether good or bad. It springs up during the times when we need it the most. You can have the worst day of your entire life and be walking as I've had some bad days and I find myself kind of mourning and grieving. The next thing you know, my ears begin to hear my voice which I didn't intentionally do, but it's a joy coming up from my spirit, singing a, a, a praise song or an old hymn. And my ears, when I hear it coming out of my mouth, it's like, wait a minute, why are you singing that? Things aren't very good right now. And I think it's because the joy of the Lord bubbles up when I need it the most. Gives me strength. Amen. I love the joy of the Lord. So, uh, so, um, let's uh, look at the next line. Let men their songs employ. Why is that? We ask the question. Why would we employ our songs? Let men employ their songs. Because what? Because praise. It's kind of what I'm talking about here. Praise, praising the Lord and worshiping Him brings, it's like spiritual law, it's like the law of gravity. If you jump, you're going to fall, you throw something there, it's going to come down. What goes up must come down. Things can be sustained for a season of time, like a jet plane or something like this, but when that thing runs out of fuel, it's coming down. It's going to come down hard, because what goes up must come down. And so, But uh, the spiritual law that God put into place... That when we praise him, let men his songs employ, we begin to praise him, it brings the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. Now, when you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, but there's a manifest presence that wells up and just swells up and fills this place, the manifest presence of the Lord. You know, Psalms 22 verse 3 says this, but Lord, you're holy the psalmist is praising God, you're enthroned upon, or you in one translation says you inhabit the praises of Israel. You inhabit the praises of your people, one translation says. And basically what it says, the Bible tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, and to inhabit means to dwell within them, to dwell with them, and to move, and not to move away. In other words, when we begin to praise the Lord and to lift up His name, high, where it is elevated because he's worthy of all praise, that's when God sits down on the throne in our heart and he dwells with us because we've enthroned him on our hearts when we praise him. Did you know that? When you praise the Lord, you're exalting God and you're enthroning him uh, on your heart. You're not just singing words. And, and the second thing, it's kind of like a spiral, or it's like dominoes. Okay, what happens first? You begin to praise the Lord from your spirit. You know, Jesus said to the woman at the well uh, of Sychar near Samaria, and he told her that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that when you understand you praise the Lord in spirit, and worship him in spirit because God is a spirit You know, then when you're worshiping him we worship God in the spirit uh, it, his presence when it comes brings liberty and freedom have you ever noticed that? Uh, 2 Corinthians three thirteen? Paul said where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. Another translation there is freedom. Have you noticed <laughs> like I have an old worship leader from way back and I love worship and I uh, don't you think Amy does a great job and Abigail and Joe I mean we're so blessed aren't we with skilled and anointed worship leaders, when we begin to praise God in the spirit, we begin to worship Him, His presence comes into our life, and that presence brings, I feel a rush of liberty, of freedom. It's just like my heart soars. Does your heart soar? And it's like, you know, I've been in some worship service that you know we, well, the other night, Christmas Eve, after Christmas Eve service, Don and I drove in the fog. Tashano, and and we drive along, and you know, about a third of the way, and halfway there, and, and two-thirds there, it's like, we were really stupid for trying to drive here in the fog, but after we got there, we were glad we did, and and you know, so I've been in services, and I, and I hope you have too, where people begin to worship God, and it's just like, oh, the manifest presence of God fills the place where he's being worshipped. And it's like, you know, I see things in pictures. God always shows me things in pictures. I think, Oh, the anointing is so thick in here. And the word thick. And I started seeing a, like a pea soup fog. In other words, a fog so thick you could cut it with a knife. And that's the, what describes the manifest presence of God when we worship him in spirit and truth. It's where you can't see, but he knows right where he's taking you. He is blessing you, and it brings such incredible liberty and freedom that you feel the Lord just releasing. And when I've been in services like that, my mind went, and I think, you know, and when I used to lead worship, some of those were like that. And, and I'd think, you know what? And it's just like a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Is when God's presence is here like this, anything is possible. Anything. You know, it's like you suddenly have this gift of faith that comes with it. It's that when God is here, anything's possible. The power of God is here. And I, I remember when we first came into the Assemblies of God, and we, uh, our second Sunday at, uh, uh, came out of the Charismatic Renewal and came into the First Assembly of God in Liberty, Missouri. And Pastor Phillips, the second Sunday, said, Hey, you know, um, why don't you come up to the platform and take prayer requests? And what they did in that church as a tradition is everybody turned in prayer request cards. And whoever was praying for the prayer request, uh, you know, at the end of the worship, they would line the cards up on the podium and they would pray for each one individually. <clears throat> and I thought, well, that's a little odd, but I'll do that. And, and I've always been taught <clears throat> that, uh, that uh, in Bible college that when they ask you to do something, just do that. Don't take liberties unless you have permission. Respect authority, your spiritual delegate authority. So I was up there le- taking the prayer requests and reading them, and, but the worship was so powerful. I mean, it was, like, it was like that fog, you know, the presence of God, just a, so strong. And, and uh, uh, there was, uh, I believe, uh, um, spiritual gifts were released, and this was only our second Sunday there. We didn't know what it was normally like, and and I kept thinking, and I was up there. It's like God's not done, you know. God re- praying for these request cards is is okay, but God, you want to do something more. And I kept thinking, you want you want people to be prayed for this morning and anointed with oil. God, anything's possible this morning, and. And I began to share that, but I didn't share, you know, God's not done, and because I didn't want to be disrespectful and usurp authority, and I just said, you know, Pastor Phillips can, he can do what he would like to do, but I, I believe that God has some miracles out here today, and and he got up there and he said, we're opening up the altars, and uh, he felt it too, and opened up the altars, and people flooded down the altars, and prayer and. The anointing was so strong. The worship continued on. And it's, can I tell you, it wasn't a lot of modern worship back then. Even then, this was way back when. But, you know, we think of it, they still sang a lot of hymns and choruses, you know, choruses of hymns. And, but can I tell you that God uses all kinds of music to glorify him. His presence comes whether you're singing a modern chorus or you're singing a hymn. Hey, did you know that? It's the anointing. It's it's when God's people worship him in spirit and in truth that the j- power comes, and with the power comes the joy of the Lord, and it's just an incredible thing. You know, Pastor Phillips told me after the service, he said, Tim, we haven't had a service like this in years. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I'm so thankful you were obedient and And asked me to, you know, to consider, you know, I I don't remember how I put it. But, you know, the presence of God. He wants to work in his church, but he wants to work in you. He wants to work in you. His presence brings freedom. It brings liberty. And liberty does what? The freedom of the Lord brings the joy of the Lord. And Psalm 1611, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures evermore. I don't know about you, but I feel a great deal of pleasure when the presence of God is here. I feel lighthearted and giddy and happy. You know, that's why Paul said, you know, don't be drunk with wine. where That's an abuse. But be filled with the Holy Spirit by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing making melody in your heart to the Lord. See, we can either have drunkenness from alcohol and then a hangover the next day, I can tell you from experience. Not so happy the next day. Or you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and be drunk on the Spirit and there's no hangover. It's just fun. It's joy. It's incredible. So the liberty brings the joy and fourthly, spiritual laws, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need strength, you need joy. If you need strength, you need joy. If you feel weak, you need the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah said. And, uh, you know, as Ezra is encouraging the people in the building of the wall, and Nehemiah, you know, who came to build the wall, just encouraged them. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, don't be sad, don't be sorrowful, don't weep rejoice the joy of the Lord is your strength enjoy his presence can I tell you going to church even when I was a lay person was not drudgery before I got saved I felt like oh I felt good for a day because I did my duty as a young person before I got saved Mom would drop us off at the first uh, Methodist Church, United Methodist Church in Liberty, Missouri, up on Sunset Hill, this beautiful worship center that was up there with the stained glass windows for everybody to see, driving in and out of Liberty from I-35, and right up there on the hill in a beautiful location. I mean, it was incredible. And, and, and you felt like, oh, I did my religious duty. It lasted a day, and then I felt guilty and ashamed the next day. But I can tell you something, that when the presence of God comes now, the joy of the Lord comes, it is my strength. The joy of the Lord comes from the presence of God. The joy of the Lord cannot be locked up uh, in an isolated heart. You know that? I, I tell you, it's, it is like a holy anointed fire in our bones, like Jeremiah said, and that we cannot help but release from the Holy Spirit through the Spirit to release into the atmosphere wherever we are. It flows and it transforms how we relate to one another and how we relate to uh, even authority. It's a joyful heart that overflows from the inside to the outside. It can't stay within ourselves. That's again, that's why Paul said that uh, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's not just obvious because our face is smiling and our countenance is shining but it is contagious to others around us because there's a spiritual thing that is released in the atmosphere that affects other people it is contagious and i hear all about covid being so contagious this one's more this strain's more than the last one and people need to be careful well i'll tell you if you've got a mask on to keep you from receiving the joy of the lord take it off and inhale god Inhale, breathe him in. Uh, last point I want to make is let the earth receive her king. He came unto his own, John tells us in chapter 1, verse 11. And he says, he came unto his own people and they, even they rejected him. But to those, everyone who believed on him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. He gave us the right to call on his name. To become the children of God by repenting of our sins and receiving him as Savior. This is why we share the gospel with our family. We share the gospel with our friends. We share the gospel with our neighbors and even total strangers. The Lord has come. The Lord is come. He has come. I was at uh, uh, Menards on Christmas Eve day a couple hours before they closed because I wanted to get a, a special deal that they had on my favorite kind of diet soda. And it was going off that day, so I ran back and got the last five, six packs of Diet Seven Up, and and uh, uh, but when I was walking into the door, I was in a big hurry because we had the Christmas Eve service, and I thought I'll just run in and run out. Uh, I was gone so fast; Donna know it has gone. Boy, I could have snuck out and stayed out longer, uh, but <clears throat> ran in there and somebody at the front door, and I'm walking in, says, "Oh, hi, how are you?" and reached out and shook my hand, and and uh, I said, "Ow," because my arthritis and my uh, index finger had acting up probably because of the front moving in and and he says oh what's wrong and I said uh and he said he said who are you again and I said oh I'm Pastor Tim and I said he says oh yeah yeah and I said then you're Wayne and he said yeah because uh, I know him from Facebook he's a Facebook friend and I you know we love the Lord together on Facebook and and he says well I'm what's wrong with your finger and I said oh it's just a little arthritis but I, it'll be fine he says no I want to pray for you Right there in the front door of Menards, people coming and going. He lays his hands on me and he prays. You know, I like that. I said, I like that. Some people say, Well, that embarrasses me. It doesn't embarrass me. I know people from this church, more than a few who have testified that, hey, pastor, I was in Walmart and I saw this lady and she was, looked like she was struggling, you know, to get around. She's in a walker. She's in one of the wheelchairs, uh, you know, the riding wheelchairs or something. And they say, you know, or standing in line. It doesn't have to be anybody who's sick. And they just see them standing in line and they just look kind of sad and they just tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, can I, can I pray with you? Oh, yeah. You know, that they say, you know all these people love from our prayer group say that they've never been turned down. Nobody's ever said, "Oh, not here. We're not in church." They just said, "Yeah, I wish you would," and they pray for them. Have a little fellowship on the way out the door. You know, City on the Hill, Diane De los Santos in inner city Milwaukee, one of the poorest neighborhoods in the nation, where City on the Hill is located. See where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Where the darkest place is, the light has come. And you know what happens? You know this is incredible. She said, you know, they do neighborhood outreaches, and they go around cleaning up yards and helping people with repairs. But, you know, one of the things they do is they go around and they knock on doors, and people come to the door. It's a high crime area, and people come to the door reluctantly. And they say, we're just here from City on a Hill, and we just came by to just see if we could just pray for you and your family. And they go door to door throughout neighborhood, street after street. And Diane De Los Santos testified, I was thinking, well, some people may not like that. And you know what she said? She said, we've never been turned down by one household. Not one person said no. And they're so thankful that somebody cared enough to come and pray for me. I'm just telling you, that earth receiver king means that we receive her, him as savior, but we also share him as savior to others, to everyone. You know Why? You know why? Because, what's the line say? He comes to make his blessings flow. I love that, and joy to the world. He comes, why? To make his blessings flow. We live in the, uh, most of our lives living, uh, most of our lives out in living in the world. You know, we come to church, and we have this, like, a wonderful experience here, but, you know, we who have been transformed by the renewing of our minds and our hearts and our sins have been washed away by the blood of Christ, we can shed abroad the love of God in our heart. We can preach to others even with the atmosphere that we bring into a room because the presence of God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. But he's also Christ in us, the hope of glory. We can bring in wherever we go. We can live uh, in the world. Uh, And manifest the Holy Spirit working in us. And speaking a word, the word of the Lord, into the atmosphere transforms the atmosphere. It changes things. How does it do Where does it do that? Far as the curse is found. People in this world are living under a curse because they don't know Christ. And he comes to make his blessings flow. He comes to make his blessings flow through you. Uh, far as the curse is found. and the last line, I'm going to ask Catherine to come back to the piano as we close today. He rules the world with truth and grace. You know, there's, there's a lot of men ruling a country, but not with truth and grace. There's a lot of tyrants that are heads of state in different parts of the world. And they oppress and they persecute their people there's a lot of places in the world today where christianity and christians are under great persecution and not just them but others as well but he rules the world with truth and grace he is a good king in fact he's the king of kings and he is the lord of lords When we learn to manifest the Spirit's work in our hearts through the way that we live in this world, as an example, the very atmosphere changes because we bring the presence of the Spirit of Christ into the world wherever we go. We can make a difference and shed abroad in our heart the truth and grace that Jesus Christ has given to us. Would you bow your heads in prayer? I just want to encourage you today as we close in prayer today. To share the joy of Christmas 365 days a year. One of my my wife and I's favorite Christmas movies that we like to watch on Christmas Eve is, and we didn't do it this year because we were gone, but is uh, Scrooge. The 1955 version with Alistair Sim. I think we think is the best. And and one of the things in Scrooge, the Charles Dickens work, uh, his book... His story that he tells is that those who believe in Christ, the Christ of Christmas, live Christmas 365 days a year. Christmas is in their hearts all those days. The joy and the spirit of Christmas in your heart, 365 days. uh, 365 days, do you stand in awe of God's incredible gift, the gift of his one and only son? Every day it's Christmas. Christmas. Because every day, God gives. Every day, God pours out his blessings. Every day, God gives his favor. Every day, God loves us. And so today, I just pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, for the spirit of Christmas to live in your hearts 365 days a year. And I pray in the name of Jesus for those in this room, but also those watching online, is that the message of Christmas would be shed abroad, not just through your heart, but with your mouth, to others who don't understand what it's all about. That you would be an evangelist for the Christ of Christmas and share the joy of God's love to those who don't know him. And I also pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that those watching online, but those that are here, would also be a source of encouragement and joy to those inside the body of Christ who are struggling or those who have gone through disappointment or grief. That God, even through the grief, the joy still springs up. It's still there, but sometimes it's muted because of hurt. But, Lord, may we be an encouragement to one another in the body of Christ. I pray that we would be actively encouraging others. And, Lord, I pray this in the powerful, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen.